Hey everybody, welcome back to The Pixelist, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's that's Blake, and today we got a very special guest along with us, our boy Ooh, Nate. Baby. Ooh. Um, Who's this which, guy? Yeah, uh, why is he in here? No, this is, uh, as, as you guys may or may not know, Blake and I are long-term childhood friends. Nate is also a part of that crew. Um, we've all known each other for what, like... 25 plus years at this point sad to say yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yes this is one of our og partners in crime and uh if you (laughs) i thought you'd say partner in christ where's this going this is weird this is an intervention Um, yeah (laughs) but uh yeah if, if you're familiar with us uh maybe from critical role uh, you know, I've been I've been preaching the gospel of, of Critical Role to all my friends. I was able to snag Blake. Haven't been able to quite snag Nate yet, but we did snag him for the Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One. So he got in on the ground floor uh, for this experience. And so we thought, hey, let's bring him on. And uh, yeah, he's our, our extra special guest for this episode. Yeah, we'd like to have uh, some guest people come in every now and then. And Nate is definitely the best one we've had so far. That too. So it actually sounds very rude to our other guests. Ken, you're one I, of the two best ones. It. Yeah. We you're go. Definitely better than freaking, what was it, Jeremy? What's his oh, name? Oh, come on, bro. Let's not get into this. <laughs> I hope he's dead. I don't know the backstory. It's okay. We Sorry. won't we won't get into it right now. All right. We got Nate, the Jeremy I, truthers out there. No, what's whatever, up? Whatever. Whatever. How are you doing today, Nate? And I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy to finally get on a pixelist episode i've been waiting for this yeah well um you have done us a favor joining our humble our humble little podcast and uh, i'm glad you're checking out the show too yeah absolutely man i'm glad to like finally be able to join you guys on a podcast adventure because i you know it's been five years where i've really not been in the loop with uh critical role so it feels good to finally be able to talk to you guys about anything Here's the deal, though. We this isn't the first time we've done a podcast. No, it's remember, not. It's not. It's oh, not. Remember the old days? We need to find. We need to find the tape. Jim, we pulled the tape up. I wish you know, we could. It's like, we we actually recorded. I think this was before podcasts were a thing, right? It was, bro. Yeah. If we had actually followed through with that, we would. We could be like bigger than Rogan. You know. I, I think. I think we were. I think this had to have been maybe twenty years, if not more, ago. But we recorded ourselves. We were in a room on microphones, just like like a talk show almost. It was a podcast, is what it yeah. was. And yeah, I wonder what happened to that. Gosh, you know that was actually I think right before college, maybe the summer before college. Yeah, and uh, it was actually on that iMac I made a joke about earlier, um, which I sold to Doctor Phelan. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately broke. Who probably don't care, but <laughs> was the content still on it? I think I wiped it. I really, I don't know. I don't probably remember. For the best. I know. Yeah. I, that's the one thing I wish I still had. Though. That's that would just yeah. be amazing to hear now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, for you guys who are tuning in, um, if it's your first time, thanks for checking out the Pixelist podcast. We just love to talk nerd stuff. And like Will mentioned, today we're going to be chatting about some WWW, which right. does that does that ping or is that clunky? 
I don't know. Text it. Yeah, I don't w- know. You. Yeah. Because because there's because I feel like Worlds Beyond Number is like the name they're trying to like perpetuate out there, but then yeah. like the Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild one is the specific entity that we're talking about within that. Right. So yeah, I don't know. WWW doesn't really roll off the tongue, but yeah, it's a little clunky. Yeah, we'll have to keep. We'll keep shopping it yeah. a little bit. You guys tell us what you think in terms of. Yeah. How do you guys refer to it? Yeah. So, yeah. but having said that, do we have any announcements, Will? Or are we good to dive into our um, recap? I don't think we do. Do we? Do you know of any? So we'll have another Critical Role episode to chat about. It's back from their break. That'll be later this week. So if you're checking out um, WBN and you want to know about other D&D content, you should check out some Critical Role, which we'll be chatting about. Yep. Um, that may be it in the near future. Yeah. And if we do have any of our you know, normal Critical Role folks that are watching this video, uh, be sure to leave a comment uh, chastising Nate for not watching Critical Role, and maybe we can get him <laughs> looped in for Campaign 4. And, yeah. Uh, I, need, I need a super abridged version of, of the current campaign. So what the recaps up. are for, bro. You know, oh, yeah, that's true. We got a whole yeah. playlist with your name on it. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, without further ado, um, again, if you're new to us, what we like to do is we'll launch into a quick, quick recap of episode three, just to get everybody up to speed and on the same page before we dive into our proper discussion. And we actually cut that recap out of the podcast and host it separately on YouTube for your viewing convenience. Um, so if you find yourself on that recap video, be sure to uh, check out the full episode, which we will link it um, down in the description below. And without further ado, I accidentally just turned off our cameras, but we're back. <laughs> we're back. Um, without further ado, I will launch into that recap. So this is episode three of WWW, uh, The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, The Charter. So we pick up with the gang Ame, Suvi, and... Ursulan, having just reunited after some number of years apart, uh, the girls had found him at this circus and basically caught him up to speed on everything that had been happening um, surrounding Grandmother Ren's passing and the curse and their quest for uh, the Wavebreaker sword, um, which they need in order to find and br- find these secrets and hopefully break the curse that is on Ame. Uh, and Ursulan actually revealed that, oh, I don't have that sword anymore. Uh, so they are now on the quest to go find the sword. Um, so Ursulan goes to uh, gather his things from the circus before they, um, you know, head out on their journey. Um, and he is sleeping with the animals outside. Um, so he kind of goes to this like stable area, begins collecting his things. And Oscar, who is the another actor from the circus that played the knight, um, shows up and just just checking on him, given the chaos that had happened in the episode prior. Um, and basically for the first time, Oscar realizes that Ursulan has not just been putting on tons of makeup every week, that he is in fact a spirit, a wild one. And this catches him completely off guard. Um, and he feels kind of like an idiot for only just now noticing. Uh, so because of this, Ursulan briefly fills him in on kind of an abridged version of his history and about his, um, encounter with Sir Kieran, um, so many years ago and how they now are on this quest. Uh, for the sword and that he will be leaving indefinitely. Um, Oscar wishes him luck and Ame actually gives Oscar this uh, diamond pendant, which is um, one of her crafted spell tokens and tells him that he should use it if he ever needs some inspiration during a performance. Um, <clears throat> also in this scene, Ursulan meets the fox familiar for the first time and 
there's some great stuff that happens there and he the basically character in yes. the story <laughs> <laughs> he basically cements his place as the alpha between the two of them uh the fox definitely just like you know kind of bows down to him um <clears throat> and they also have a conversation about picking a name for the fox but they don't really land anywhere uh ursulon then reveals that their journey will be taking them to port talon which is a couple hundred miles up the coast but it is on the same island and the same side of the coast that they're currently on just on the complete opposite side um so they say we can either go by land or by sea and they ultimately decide to go by sea so they're going to travel to a nearby um port town as it were um and so they head out um but it starts getting late and as they're traveling they pass by this farmhouse with a woman outside kind of trying to comfort a crying baby um ame walks up to her and offers her assistance as a witch in return for a place to sleep tonight for her and her friends um, the woman gladly accepts, uh, as you know, hosting a witch is kind of a great honor as it were. And that's where we go to break. If you would like to take it from there, my friend. Yeah. So coming back from the break, they make it to the port town and immediately Suvi is looking to use her clout as an Imperial to really get on the best ship possible. So they see this ship, this massive, beautiful ship. And Suvi's also just not used to slumming it um, as they are in this fish market. Uh, very quickly steps up onto the ship, meets the captain who is sort of barking orders at people and uh, Im immediately shows her staff sort of as like um, issuing like this, this dominance of like, Hey, you should know who I am. And sure enough, the captain is like, like, oh, wow, I had no idea we would meet someone like you here. Like, what can we do for you? And Suvi's like, we need we need passage immediately. It's imperial business. And the captain says, all right, well, we're going to Cairo. Um, does that you're welcome to join us? And Suvi basically says, well, we're trying to get to Port Talon. Uh, and then there's this funny, like sort of above the board um, conversation with the players of like, I think uh, Brennan jokes that he has like a piece of paper where he's like sketched like yeah. where things are. And Suvi's like, yeah, Carol's kind of close. And um, uh, Ursula's like, it's not at all close. Like, come <laughs> on. Um, so then Suvi's next plan is let's, why don't I convince this gentleman to take us to Port Talon uh, instead of Caro? Uh, and so she has to roll a persuasion check with advantage uh, because this particular ship is on like a, a, a merchant a merchant route and to not go to Kara would be money out of their pocket she rolls very poorly um the captain basically says well if you can offer like a written um assurance that we'd get our money back uh we can take you to port talon which she can't offer and then finally He's, the, the captain basically says, well, if you'll basically pay the cost to go to Port Talon, we'll take you. And so he's like, sure, like, what is it? And he's like, it's going to be 2,000 gold. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, they're like, gotcha. So we're going to go somewhere else. And the captain very generously says, go farther down the fish market. There's a small fishing vessel called the Rhone, and they'll be happy. They're going to Port Talon. They'll be happy to take you. Sure enough, they head down, and it's this little dinky ship. Uh, with a couple of just um, overworked uh, uh, dock workers who were trying to load up the boat. Uh, they step onto the ship and meet Captain Imlis, who is immediately thinking, like, why are you guys here? Like, you're obviously a bit of a higher stature than what we would typically have on this ship. 
And Suvi basically says, hey, we heard you're going to Port Talon. Can you ferry us with you? And unlike the previous ship, uh, Captain Endless says, yeah, we could do it for three gold, um, which they happily pay. <laughs> uh, but they do mention that before they can make their way, um, the ship has to be loaded. And these two dock workers are just like ragged trying to load up the ship, uh, which Ursuline goes down and in 15 minutes just like carries barrels of stuff and they load it up easily. So... All that to say, there's not, like, private quarters on the ship. They end up sleeping on, like, piles of, like, potato sacks. Um, Suvi is, like, constantly just, like, bemoaning, like, the fact, like, oh, this is not what I envisioned. Um, and it, there was this funny moment where she mentions, like, I'm exhausted. I've been exhausted all day. And um, Ami's like, it's 11 a.m. Like, <laughs> the day just started. <laughs> Uh, but basically that evening, they, they pass the time swapping stories. Uh, Suvi talks about the Citadel and sort of like the beauty of this place, which is really kind of wowing to the other two uh, who never have lived in such an extravagant place. Uh, Ame tells an interesting story about um, Grandmother Ren making her stand in a fireplace, uh, which they want to go back to and talk about at some point. Um, and ultimately, Ursulon tells about the sword being given to a hedge mage by the name of Finley, uh, who they'll be looking for once they reach port in Port Talon. All that to say, the next day goes on uh, pretty normally. It gets to evening, and before they go to bed, they each kind of do their own little tasks. Um, Ame uh, sort of cozies up with the the blue blanket or um, whatever you would call it that Suvi had given her. Uh, Ursulon and Suvi decide to spar a little bit with a uh, makeshift sword and a mop. Um, and then Ame decides to start working on some enchantments and some trinkets uh, just to pass the time. And as the episode's wrapping up, uh, Captain Endless is actually walking by and it's, uh, there's a, a light that's gone out and a candle that's sputtered out and strikes up a conversation with Ame. And it's kind of like, what are you working on? Like, what is all this stuff? And Ame's uh, very open to share um, a little bit about her customs as a witch until Captain Endless makes a comment and says, you know, I've, I've met a lot of witches. None were as kind as you, which is interesting to Ame because Grandmother Ren talks about being the last witch or one, possibly one of the last witches. So she says, well, you've met a lot of witches. And to that, Captain Endless says in a very foreboding way, um, you know, yeah, you're a small, nice little witch, aren't you? And Brennan describes Captain Endless's mouth opening up and darkness slithering out um, when that's where the episode ends. And that's what happened in episode three, the charter of, um, of this episode. So, yeah. What a cliffhanger. The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One. Excuse me. WWW. Yeah, WWW. <laughs> I was going to say it, then I was like, "That's I don't want to say it now. And then I couldn't think of what I was going to sub it with. But... Well, um, uh, yeah, once again, if you find yourself on our recap and you want to dive into our full uh, thoughts and discussions on this episode, it will be linked down below. Um, but yeah, guys, without without I was going to say without further ado, but I don't really know why. Um, uh, what'd you guys think of the episode? And I guess we, we're not used to having three people, but, you know, whoever wants to, to go we'll first. just round robin it. Yeah. Nate, Nate, what'd you think about yeah. the episode? Man, um, I mean, I love the cliffhanger. That that was really the moment where I was like, man, I can't wait until the next episode. But overall, it was kind of a slower episode. It was kind of a travel episode. 
um, which are necessary right. in these sort of stories. But um, I liked kind of the, it just kind of gave an opportunity for some character building and some more backstory and just to kind of get to know the main cast a little bit better. And, um, you know, the first, the prelude and the first two episodes were just like kind of packed with story moments. So it was kind of nice to have more of a like chill kind of just meandering kind of episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was slower. And by the way, I didn't mean to like clear my throat while I was, you were speaking. I thought I was muted, but I was like, oh, no. ah, you know, when you're mid, mid conversation, but it was slower. And I, I haven't quite, I, I love the episode, but I haven't quite decided how I feel about the pacing overall. Cause we, and I don't, I don't think it's unfair to bring in critical role, not in an obnoxious way, but what I'm used to like habitually speaking is every week, four hours of content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to get the one hour, um, one hour and change with yeah. a commercial in the middle there, it's definitely different. And I yeah. haven't decided quite how I feel about it yet. Um, other than that, I really like the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, same basically. Um, yeah, I mean, not to just repeat what you said, but I really enjoyed the episode. I've really been enjoying this whole series so far. Um, but yeah, just it, it left me wanting more, like just an hour and a half. Again, coming from Critical Role just feels like such a tease, especially since it's two weeks between each episode, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to every, well, basically every week with with CR. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean... That, that's kind of a, I don't, I don't even know if I'm calling that a criticism. Uh, I, I'm not, but that aside, which really has nothing to do with the content of the episode itself. Like I don't have any complaints. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, like we mentioned that cliff cliffhanger really sunk its teeth into me. And so I'm glad that uh, tomorrow, now that we it's been two weeks, we can finally dive in and see what's, what's oh, going yeah. on there. As is tradition, recording episodes <laughs> right before the new one drops. Hey, we're <laughs> always my we're making fault, it by in. the way. So, well, especially because now, for you guys who are watching now, um, my wife loves D and D, but she's she can't follow Critical Role. But so we are watching Worlds Beyond or watching listening to Worlds Beyond together. So you would think in like the shorter form content that Will and I would get these episodes out quicker, but um, I feel like Will, you're beholden to my wife and I's driving time together. <laughs> so. I, we're getting it in. That's all that matters. Um, but so, yeah, uh, loved the episode. I feel like, I mean, we don't really have a, a an organized plan here, um, but I guess let's yeah. start at the end. Cause that's us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just cause we were just talking about the cliffhanger. feels like yeah. we could just jump into that real quick. Yeah. Um, one, I want to know what y'all's what y'all's thoughts on maybe what's happening there is, and obviously no one knows. Especially this this world is brand new; like literally no one knows what what this could necessarily mean. Um, but interested to hear y'all's you know shots in the dark on it. Um, I <clears throat> the thing that really stood out to me is the smoke, the darkness coming out of the mouth, which reminded me of the smoke that came out of Ame and grandmother Rin's mouths in the earlier episodes, which denotes like someone being cursed. So mm. I'm curious if, if that's the same thing that's going on here or, or not, like, I don't think it has to be, but it, it could be, you know? So is it, 
is it that Captain Imlis is cursed and like some other entity or something else is like possessing her or, you know, using her as a vessel right now? Or is it not related to that at all? And this is just, you know, a similar dark aesthetic mm-hmm. for whatever's happening. Well, Brennan didn't, he didn't say smoke. He said darkness slithers out. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's a reach, but I could see it being something separate. Um, I actually thought there were some similarities with the stranger with how he described mm. like the moon. Cause there were a couple of things that were interesting. Um, the candle sputtered and went out. That was the, the start of the moment of the captain squeezing by was to relight the candle. Right. So the candle sputtered similar to when the stranger came um, to grandmother Wren's house, the candle that the magical candle that's supposed to light up when someone comes to the door was out. Mm, So we have a light that's out. We also have uh, the description that Brennan used similar to the stranger of the moon casting a long shadow, like across the water, Um, almost like um, I can't think of the movie. Um, I can't think of the movie, but um, I don't know. Just there's some similarities in how he, and I don't know. I don't think necessarily it, 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 I don't think it really adds up to be like, this is the stranger Mm. since there was this bargain of one year, but it seems like maybe there's like a shoulder partner there of like from a similar spiritual origin. Um, maybe his domain. I, I don't know. Yes. That's, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even consider the stranger, but there definitely were some similarities there. Um, but yeah, I would wonder if the, like you mentioned the bargain, would he really just instantly like, you know, yeah. and I know you're not saying that you're shipping that it's him, right. but that, yeah, and that would be my hesitancy as well. The movie I was thinking of was, um, what's with Patrick Swayze where he dies Ghost? and, Yes, ghosts. <laughs> Great movie. Where, where, um, what is it like the bad guy when he dies? The spirits, like the, oh, the shadows, yeah. come and like pull him away, and it's like they, like horrifying. take him to hell. I think, right? Dude, yeah, that like terrified me as a child. <laughs> man, scary, I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's, okay. that's but when he when Brennan describes like the long shadows, like he did with this, that's kind of where my mind goes to is like something very nefarious about the shadow. Mm-hmm. Um. What was your take, Nate? You know, it's interesting hearing you guys because uh, my my take was that it was just straight up the stranger, like it was the same voice. Uh, like Blake said, all the clues, like all the little hints, were there that matched when he visited the cabin, and I just assumed he had possessed the captain's body, mm-hmm. and like she's not him. Like she's going to come back and you know be herself again once he leaves. But that's my what I assumed anyway. Like. I just thought he was stopping by to say hello and just kind of <laughs> intimidate uh, Ame a little bit. Oh, see, that's interesting because I was thinking next episode we were going to get like our first big foray into combat. But it would be interesting if it was less uh, forward in terms of like actual combat. Like I got, I've caught you outside of Grandmother Inn's house and more, like you said, like checking in. Um, yeah. Which to be fair... And you guys who who watched our previous discussion, we there still isn't agreement on if the stranger's good or bad. Right. Um, you know, it could be the stranger is the more I don't want to say anti-hero. That's not the wording I mean, but um, an ally, but like not your typical 
what's the the phrasing I'm thinking of? Like not like yeah. your like knight in shining armor kind of ally, but like an unlikely ally. I, I don't yeah. know. Like he's not of. necessarily like evil. Yeah. Uh, I so I think it was in the second episode. Um, it might have been the first where they mentioned that the the wild ones were were originate or sorry originated from like a sun and a moon kind of like deity yeah right yeah and is the implication that the stranger might be the moon deity himself or is that that's interesting open-ended that's really interesting yeah i don't know i mean i think i think it is open-ended but that could certainly be the case um yeah i i don't know uh that's pretty compelling when you think about it yeah, the, the description of like the stars and the moon and then like doesn't he say something about like I've held my breath since the dawn of time or something yeah there was something mm-hmm. like that which is such a great line yeah mm-hmm. there's no air yeah. in space <clears throat> no one can hear you scream <laughs> it's just like quicksand you know <laughs> yeah and just him showing up it made night come with him and kind of stop time like yeah, yeah. that feels very Moonlike, yeah. Did you say Moon Knight? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a different podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I I wasn't like, I I know you said it was the same voice. I didn't that didn't register for me, and I didn't like go back and look or anything. But Blake, did you think it was the same voice too? Like I I'm I want to go back and listen now. I would say it's hard to say because the first voice was so edited produced i guess mm-hmm. yeah in horrifying <laughs> this one was definitely <laughs> less nightmare fuel um yeah i don't know i i do think nate's onto something though about some of the themes seem to be continuing on across episodes mm-hmm. yeah and, and one thing that will brought up was the the curse that was on grandma Ren, and um i think there's a lot more to that specific story point because the stranger showed up as soon as the curse was, you know, gone because she passed away and it might have been third party that was keeping the two, like the stranger and grandma Ren separated or something along those lines. Yeah, totally could be. Yeah. But totally like guessing on that part. Yeah. I think that the whole, the whole curse, which, you know, Ame has it too. And these, these secrets that they have to go like retrieve or what have you, seems like one of the central mm-hmm. mystery boxes of the show, as it were, which I'm assuming is probably at least tangentially tied to what happened to Suvi's parents and whatever was, was going yeah. on that night. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I'm really curious on exactly how to parse the stranger beat. I mean, if, the captain is the stranger or not just kind of meta above that. I'm really curious. Um, cause it would be interesting if, if he was, uh, the moon spirit or at least tied to it. He definitely seems like one of the, the ancient ones in any case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, we, I guess we still never thought of the word if it's anti-hero or, or whatever, but <clears throat> to me, I do land on the page and that he's not strictly evil. I don't think he's good by any means, but he's, he has a purpose and he's trying to serve that purpose. Like kind of like, like the grim reaper. They're not necessarily evil. They're just here to ferry 
you know, souls or whatever, which maybe that maybe he serves a similar role since he showed up when Ren died. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I don't, I still don't know if I'm on the, the ship at page that this is the stranger, but I kind of hope that it is just to learn more about him. Cause yeah, it's so I, fascinating. It does. Like Nate said, it does feel like sort of a body snatcher kind of situation. Yeah. Cause I mean, otherwise, otherwise it doesn't make sense that they would choose that ship. They would be sent to that ship. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really yeah. quite, it's too, it doesn't make sense. So it seems like some kind of body snatcher thing, which have they talked in the um, fireside chats about like spirits and how they interact with people? Like, is there like possession or things like that? Um. So, okay. So the most recent fireside chat that came out wasn't about this episode. Uh, instead, it was like a, a cumulative let's talk about the children's adventure episode. Um, and I haven't finished the children's adventure yet, so I haven't listened to it. Um, but the fireside chat for, for this episode and episode four is going to be combined and that'll come out. So not tomorrow, Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so in the, in the first two fireside chats, no, they hadn't really touched on that. Um, but, but we might but find they out. Did, they did talk, or am I mixing things up? They did talk about like the rules that spirits follow, or I guess yes. Brennan called them like the taboos. Yes. Which we got a nod to in this episode of Ursulan mentioning, like, I, I can't do beds. I still can't do beds. Yes. Um, so I, I'm curious to learn more about like spirits in general, I guess, and if possession is something that can happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I bet at least some spirits can. Um, I don't know if it will be a universal thing necessarily, but yeah, the three taboos are um, like beds, doors, and the sun. Um, so yeah, I thought it, I was going to bring that up too, that he brought up, he still has the bed thing, which in the way it was brought up kind of to me implied that maybe that's something you could overcome potentially. Like he was revealing that, oh, that's still a thing, but maybe, maybe that's me reading too deep into it. And that's just like normal conversation. Um but I don't know what, what did, did, did either of you parse that? I don't do beds, <laughs> just a casual, <laughs> casual detail. <laughs> That's really interesting. I actually uh, hadn't picked up on that aspect of Ursulon as like anything more than just like a characterization of him personally. So it's cool mm. that it's like tied into the wild ones as a whole. Yeah, so it's it's a little piece from the children's adventure where um, Brennan has Lou roll for three categories, bed, sun, and door. And it's like something all spirits have to contend with. And based on his scores is kind of how he deals with them. Um, and so the bed one is sleeping in beds. Doors is like being able to go through thresholds. Um, and then sun is like being able to be out during the day or not. Um, which, you know, clearly citing back to the stranger, he must not be able to be in the sun, which is why he brings night with him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, and also Nate, you weren't, I don't know if you listened to our previous episode, but we also, what I was sharing, cause I know, I think you watched angel or Buffy, the vampire slayer. Cause oh, I was, yeah. I was giving a little shout out to it, you know? And we got, we got yeah. in the comments. I saw you guys who were, <laughs> you saw it, you watched it too. But, um, the stranger, it seemed like was unable to enter the home and it reminded me of like vampires from Buffy or Angel where they had to be invited in, which I'm sure is not even, I'm sure that was lifted from like, you know, mythology or something, but, yeah. um, but yeah, 
Yeah, that's actually um, one of the things that made The Stranger so frightening was that Ame intuitively knew not to let him in. Yeah. And, and just kind of her gut instinct was like, this guy's not coming inside. Mm-hmm. Which was made it more frightening to me because she's very competent and powerful already. Mm-hmm. And she was like scared out of her mind. I feel like Brennan, just through coincidence, has been able to add another name to the stranger. Cause you talked, Will, about how um Erica and Abria just sort of casually started calling it the stranger. And so yeah. now that's like how they colloquially like, oh yeah, the stranger. Um, and we heard it in the intro where Brendan was like, yeah, the stranger. Well, so now the stranger has, because of that has, if, if the number of names is equal to the po- how powerful they are, this figure coincidentally now has an additional name, yeah. which hmm. I just thought was kind of a nice, like a neat little detail was even, <laughs> even more powerful than, yeah. you know, originally was described, I guess. Yeah. yeah that is really cool. So, <laughs> which, um, what, or, go ahead. uh, I was just going to, not to, bogged down on the stranger the whole time but as we were talking about it i was just thinking and i wonder like you you would think that grandmother rin would warn ame about this entity if if whatever was going on like maybe if it is the grim reaper if it is something else that grandmother rin probably knew that like her passing would would summon this man in a way so i wonder if she that's one of the things she thought she did tell her right and has been obscured by the curse or if and so maybe he's looped into this, this whole thing that's going on more so than just, you know, coming to Farius' soul. If if he even is akin to anything like that, yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, I'm just here to pick up the package that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he owes me money. And did you forget? <laughs> well, what else? So we had we had the the great cliffhanger ending, um, and of course. You know, Lou, Erica, and Abria are just amazing together. I mean, it's so fun listening to them. Uh, but what else do we want to talk about from this episode? It was a shorter episode, only just a little over an hour, um, about an hour and a half with the commercial break. Um, other things that you guys want to park on? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a Nate. Go ahead if you got something off the jump. Um, well, I, I, you know, this isn't. Um specific to this episode but it's something blake brought up earlier that there hasn't been any combat yet and um i was just wondering what you guys thought about that and like kind of the the total difference between uh worlds beyond numbers so far and something like critical role like how do you guys feel about the kind of overall vibe of the show in that way or do you think there will be more traditional like you know, critical role style combat as the show develops. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think just speaking for myself, um, and I say this because we have, we have people on the channel who exclusively have followed Dimension 20 and people who've exclusively followed Critical Role. Um, And let me just kind of be clear from the get-go that no comparison is meant to be um, opposing, I guess, especially considering that both these organizations have been very kind to one another and have invited one another on their shows. It's very amicable. Um, so our intention is to also speak of it in that way as well, but it's undeniable how, um, and I said this earlier, how much of a habit it's been, it's become watching critical role and getting used to that, um, style. So 
So yeah, Nate, I, I don't know yet how... I think once we have like a season of Worlds Beyond, whatever that looks like, I don't really see it being like a three-year campaign similar to like a critical role, only because from the get-go they said like, we want to tell a variety of stories, um, which I wouldn't be against if it was that long. I just don't expect it to be. But I do wonder once everything's said and done, how it will feel as a whole compared to Critical Role. Because um, Critical Role is extremely long burn, um, you know, in that you're committing to a long time to hear a story from start, middle, and end. Um, having said that, with the short form content, excuse me, short form content. I'm really curious how like an episode of combat will go. Um, and also what, you know, this is like theater of the mind accelerate, you know, even elevated, excuse me, because we can't see it, you know? And so I am really curious how that all is going to play out and if it's going to feel clunky or if they'll sort of homebrew a style of combat that works for audio. Um, what do you think? Will? um, well, quote tweet pretty much everything you just said um <laughs> you know I, i'm with you i will say that uh i think this is intended to be like a multi-year campaign akin oh to, wow okay akin to critical role but that being said obviously we're only getting an episode every other week and they're like a half if not a third of the length of a critical role episode so even if it lasts three years it may be a fourth of the size of a Mm -hmm. critical role campaign but they have used language in like the fireside chat and stuff implying that this was going to be like a really long form story um, yeah, okay and kind of on that same vein though if i park right there for just a brief second um i don't think that that means we won't get whatever's next from worlds beyond number until this is over i think we might get like multiple avenues at the same time because even in this episode they already teased their next thing right in the uh the ad break he said like uh, Taylor was teasing the next game saying it wasn't D and D and that there was going to be a different uh, game master. Right. I or thought, did I I thought I make they that were up? teasing. I thought they were saying like, Hey, we do this a lot. And here's another, here's another group that we do it for that you should check out. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't interpret it as like, here's worlds beyond's next project. I thought, I think, I think it's both. I think, they did what you're talking about, Blake, and they also did like a brief tease of like, oh, we did, we're, should we talk about our next Worlds Beyond number thing? No, let's not talk about it yet. And it was kind of a little like gag in the middle of the ad. Break. Yeah, okay. Cause, so I think y'all are both hmm. correct. Yeah, because I think there was not in episode two, maybe there was like a an ad for a whole nother. Yeah, maybe that's like what Dark I'm Horse of. Productions. Yeah. D&D &D, or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. But I'm not I'm not confident enough to like say either way, but and I guess it's neither here nor there. But I, my assumption yeah. is that this is going to be a long form thing and that we'll probably get other stuff along the way. Um, <clears throat> but to go back to your original question. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Obviously, I, I come from Critical Role and I uh, this is D&D. &D, this is, you know, very similar in lots of ways, but it, I'm almost treating it as like a whole different right flavor of soda um you know this it's it leans more audiobook to me than dnd thus far um but it's kind of like it's kind of because we haven't really had a true combat yet my assumption is that we will get that like they're obviously using 5e as their rule set so i don't imagine them just like going somewhere completely bonkers for combat out of nowhere 
Um, yeah. But I imagine like the rest of the show, it'll be highly edited. And so it won't be like, you know, combat and critical role can take an hour, two hours. Sometimes they obviously have seven people. And, um, and you have in my favorite Ashley Johnson. Oh, oh, uh, what, what am I doing? What's my, <laughs> and I, I love Ashley Johnson. I'm just saying that jokingly. I don't, I'm not trying to be harsh, but you know, any D any table you have, you, you just have people who, Hey, it's your turn. Oh, oh yeah. Oh crap. Well, what's, yeah. Okay, where am yeah. I on the board? You know, so I think you're right. I think all of that getting edited out can make it pretty a much faster pace, I guess. Yeah, so that's that's my assumption for how it'll be. Um, you know, I still think we'll we'll get the rolling and and stuff, but it'll just be like the like all mm-hmm. the all the dead space cut out essentially. Um, but I am really curious just to see because I mean, who knows? Maybe they go somewhere completely off the wall with it. Um. <clears throat> And I kind of forgot even where I was, but I, well, that was the question, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mike, did can I? Are we moving, or is there something else here that we? The only other small detail I would say is just I, I'm just I'm excited for combat because we'll get a more fleshing out of if Suvi's character is your stereotypical wizard. Or if there's something homebrewed about it, it's like wizard mm-hmm. in name alone, similar to Ursulon, um, the class he's playing. And then more specifically, Ame, we we're getting a nice little detail into like the culture of a witch, yeah. but not in terms of like what their action options are in combat. So I'm excited for that just to kind of see like a fuller class perspective. Yeah, yeah me too. Do we know what level they are? No idea, actually. And that's another reason why I think it's maybe fair for you to say when you were saying earlier, like it might not be quite as D&D as we expect it um, in that we haven't gotten those qualifiers, I guess, that people typically like operate. Oh, I'm level this. I have this many spells. They haven't even mentioned spell slots at all. Um, You know, and so I, I... I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I, I think we'll know for sure next episode, kind of like what the framework they're building on when it comes to like the rules of, of mm-hmm. play, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, I will say in the, in the children's adventure, they get into it a little bit. Um, okay. so like it, it definitely is five E with like, in terms of like your stat, like strength, charisma, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, and I haven't finished the children's adventure, so they might even get into it more than I'm aware of, but there is at least enough of it there to know that like, that is what they're doing. So, but I mean, you know, how heavily are they going to lean on it? We, we're not sure. Um, but yeah, really interested to see kind of that get expanded on. Yeah. Um, okay. One thing I wanted to mention on, if we were cool to, to jump a little, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, <clears throat> is when Oscar is talking to Ursula at the beginning of the episode and he finds out about Sir Curran, um, he mentions like, yeah. when he, he's like, you met a knight? Like those haven't existed in ages. Um, or the, 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 the comment was something like that. Um, which we've kind of had a few peppered comments like that. So I'm wondering like, are knights not a thing anymore? Period. Like it wasn't just like, oh, Sir Curran. Like I know that name. He's real old. It was like, no, like the focus was on knights at all. And so like, what, what happened? Why are there no knights anymore? And maybe there are, but. I wonder if it's related to what happened with, with Suvi's parents or like, I don't know. Did that even 
like ping for you guys or yeah that definitely stuck out to me and I, it made me wonder how much time had passed um since what's that guy's name sir uh sir kieran sir kieran how long um had passed since Ursula met him at all so i i kind of have an answer to that um but it's from the children's adventure if you guys care okay i mean i won't speak for nate i i don't care I'll probably go. I'll probably listen to it at some point, but I I don't mind. All right. So you know, Ursuline comes out as a kid, meets Sir Curran, goes back through the portal to like go share with his his brothers and sisters, and then he exits again later, and that's when he runs into Suvi and Ame. Um. So between when he was talking to Sir Curran to when he then meets Suvi and Ame has been two hundred years, give or take. Oh. Okay. Okay. Wow. So yeah, great, there's there's detail. some like big uh, yeah. time dilation between. Yeah, kind of so like with the Feywild and yeah, Feywild, timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Okay. Does that does that mean that knights are, you know, more special than they would normally be? Like in our context of knights, like are they something on the order of like a a Jedi or something like that that is special in some way, or is that just all speculation? Yeah, I don't know because it's been kind of I think intentionally we're just kind of getting a little glimpse here and there, and we can't really put together the whole picture, but. Yeah, it seems like either they're ultra rare or they don't exist anymore. And I didn't even I didn't even pick up on I thought he was just astonished he met a knight, just that they're very like in a uh, they're a rare breed. Like they're extremely important people. Um and that that might but, be the case. I I might be like yeah, totally kind of misremembering exactly. Like I just have a note and I don't yeah, know if like it's if it's accurate. The the 200 years things is a great detail because there was a, a comment on like if he was still around or something and Ursula says, no, like he's, he's long gone. Like something like that. Yeah. I, think I was thinking, the, uh, Suvi goes in, or wait, I might be thinking of the children's adventure, but yeah, someone, someone either, either Oliver or someone says something about it. And Ursula's like, no, it's the person's long gone. Um, but the yeah. 200 years makes sense in that context. Um, but speaking on that, I do, these like questions are really fun because it's, it's nice getting these little glimpses of the world Brennan's building. Um, and especially like every time spirits are brought up, just like this interaction between people in the spirit world. And, um, it's very much, um, what's that Disney movie where it's like the, uh, I have all these like examples that I can't name. And so it ends up just being like, what are you talking about? But, um, point being like it's there's this interesting i think when they when he realizes when oliver it's oliver right uh oscar oscar excuse me um when oscar realizes ursulon is a spirit ami says like he's he's an honored friend which so clearly that title means something mm. uh and it is also kind of sad i mean oscar talking about like when i was a kid i just i dreamed about meeting a spirit and um, so there's very much like this, this, you know, history with spirits and like appreciation. And I think then there's that hedge mage from episode one who obviously wanted to take advantage of Ursuline. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited just to keep seeing like these, these interactions, um, and what it ends up looking like, I guess. Yeah, me too. It's so cool to like, since this is brand new and fresh, it's so cool to like, try to piece together the lore of the world since it's not known yet 
um, unlike most IPs, I guess, because, you know, you could just go Google it. Like, what's this mean? Um, so that's part of the fun of it for me. Um, speaking of uh, hedge mage, we learned a little bit more about what that actually means. Um, and that it's somebody who studies magic or knows magic outside of like the main yeah. university. Like, you know, they didn't learn at Hogwarts. They taught themselves type of thing. Well, not um, even self-taught. I think he even said like a cult, like these are like the more, um, maybe like, I, want, I he didn't say forbidden magic, but that's like where my mind went was like, it's, it's not like someone like teaching themselves like a parlor trick, but like more, um, rough and questionable practices, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, I think, yes, that's true. But I think it is also just like a catch all. Cause he said like, Ame would technically be considered a hedge mage. Well, he you said, know? he said people might call witches a hedge mage, but that'd be the dumbest thing they'd ever do. But like other right. people would potentially, but Brennan wasn't saying like, yeah, witches are technically hedge mages, but, but I guess it's semantics really. I mean, because they, they do have their own practice, so I, I guess that's fair. Um, but yeah, I was going to bring it up, but you already did, that that guy, we, uh, the guy from episode one was a hedge mage. I had been wondering what that title meant. Like I, I thought it yeah. might be like a Citadel title. but um, So I guess now the implication is that guy was just kind of a, a bounty hunter or like a mercenary of some sort, more in that vein, as opposed to like a an elite assassin, as it were, or yeah. anything like that. Um, so, yeah. And we're looking for Finley, who is a right. uh, hedge mage now. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, anybody, you know, just cut me off if you've got something. But the speaking of Finley, he's in Port Talon, which, uh, you know, speaking on like piecing together the different lore as we're finding it out. It's also kind of fun to piece together the world map. Um, yeah. So we know we're in Joris or we're near it, at least that's where they last were. And we're sailing to Port Talon, which is on the continent of a comb, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it's the same coast, same northeast. coast, northeast. Yeah. Um, and then we have Cairo, which is north. Or I think. I think uh, Port Talon's northwest, Cairo, northeast. I think I think it's the other way might around. Might be swapped. Might be swapped. I don't know. Um, but Cairo, I I think is another place. Like I don't like it's it's its own like on another continent. I think. I don't right? know. I, I have no idea. Um. We, anyway, we yeah. Need a, we need a map that's more than yeah. Brennan's paper notes. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm trying to keep track of like the little different points we find out, and then I might try to like you know do a five year old children's drawing of of what the you know, map for, could be. For 30,000 Patreons, I, I'm i definitely looking for more, like, fan content. Like, someone to, like, build out their version of the map. Like, that kind of stuff. And if you guys watching the channel, if you know anyone who's doing stuff like that, we'd love to promote them on the show. Um, just because, I mean, I think it's just great just to continue to promote this kind of content. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I'm excited to see more something like a map. Yeah, me too. I don't think we'll get an official one for a long time because I think Brennan even said it, uh, like he's still building it. Um, mm -hmm. But for fan made, for sure, I uh, I want to see what people can come up with. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that's really exciting to be part of like this as it's starting is like just talking to you guys right now. It's like going forward. I wanna I wanna 
try to pay more careful attention and like maybe take notes along the way and kind of try to piece it together a little bit more clearly because I'm, I'm listening to it while I'm like walking my dog and I'm like mm-hmm. distracted by traffic or whatever and I miss little bits so going back through it like this is like so helpful I, did, I couldn't even remember Finley's name uh, mm-hmm. before this recap started so there's just so much information to take in hell yeah Nate dog future uh, theory buster over here <laughs> I'm ready um, so yeah I wonder one, I'm just curious, you know, why did Ursulon give this hedge mage the sword? I feel like knowing what we know about hedge mages now is that I feel like he's not going to have it anymore once they get to him. And it'll be, you know, the princess is in another castle type of situation where mm-hmm. we got to go on to the next point. Um, maybe. I mean, it could be maybe they get the sword and it's just that was just like the starting step for like yeah. the next. It's hard to know, really, you know. Yeah, good point. I'm 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 okay with either situation if it's like this is the main yeah. quest for now or you know whatever. Yeah. They're definitely going to fight the stranger and beat the game next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign 1 is complete. They like we are done. <laughs> episode 4 in the books. So you guys might be able to help me understand that like the mission that they're on to get the sword, the sword will somehow reveal to them the information that Ame has received and isn't allowed access to? Or now that Grandma Rin's gone, how are they going to, like, get the information? They they said the sword specifically has the power of disenchantment, which is not a 5e spell, but it is a and d spell of exactly as it sounds. It, 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 Basically, I think it just either either destroys a magical item or it can like reduce a magical item into like its base elements or something. But so presumably they will kill Ame with it, and it'll. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I guess in some way they'll just know how to use it to break the curse, and then the memories will flood back. I, I'm not quite sure, honestly. Yeah. Okay. I can't. Oh. I can't remember the exact language, but my understanding was that it could help them find where the secrets are to begin with somehow. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Brennan, you know, uses very like beautiful, first of all, language. So I never know like what is just like a a beautiful description versus like an intentional, like um, anyway, so it might not like the sword might not like literally scry and give them a place to go necessarily. But I think he said the, the sword can help them find it and then it can help them like cleave the lock yeah, off cut of it loose. Yeah. Like, so you can find the secrets and then you can also release the secrets, be it disenchantment, right. be it whatever that may mean. Um, so the mechanics of what exactly is happens there, I don't know, but yeah, it seems like once they find the sword, they'll then have the next, the next clue or the next step yeah. to take as far as figuring out this curse on Ame and maybe, what she for, forgot or maybe what she never even was able to be told. And that's mm-hmm. another central mystery we've kind of already touched on, but like, yeah. did grandmother Ren tell Ame these things and just neither of them can remember now, or did perhaps grandmother Ren tell somebody else pretending to be Ame or just, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I, mm. the sword will help them uncover that in one way or another, apparently. Mm. All right. Well, do you guys have any other things you want to mention before we wrap up? 
Let me uh, scoot through my notes real quick, but go ahead. I just was going to say, I love the Fox. So oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, me too. Fox. Fox is the best. All those best interactions were so great. I'm so glad Lou like came at it with that, like that yes. adversarial kind of aggressive relationship too. Yes. And Brennan's um, like the way the Fox reacted was perfect as well. Just like immediately submitting <laughs> yes. to the yeah. alpha. Yeah. Um, I love the the ongoing joke about the naming him and something like if you were in a room full of a thousand Charlies, how would you know which one yeah. is me or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it was just very like witty and and quick humor from Brennan, which is I guess what he's great at. Yeah, I've definitely been shamelessly thinking of how I can like pull the fox's persona into my own campaign. Just do <laughs> just it. Just he's, steal he's it. So great. I love the in episode two, like, can you give us a moment? And he's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Stands there. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, the only other thing I would to, to briefly mention um, in, in two parts, one after uh, Suvi and Ursulon spar, she mentions, I haven't played since that summer. Um, not too much to like touch on there, but I just thought it was interesting that basically ever since that summer they met as kids, she's mm. been like at the Citadel, like, yeah studying junkie yeah, yeah. like she ha has had no childhood right. outside of that you know right it's kind of a anyway i just thought it was an interesting character insight and then also one other thing she said um or i think she said it but uh the revelation that the citadel which is in this desert it wasn't always a desert it used to be this forest until wizards got feisty yeah um, so Great i'm detail. just i'm wondering what the the lore is behind that. Could it, is it something ancient, ancient that happened? Could it be related to the night? Everything went down with her parents. Um, and we might know the answer to that. I just haven't gone back to look in terms of if their sand was mentioned back during yeah. that first episode. Um, but yeah, not, not too much to say about it, but did want to mention it. Uh, I just thought that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. I missed that lately. So that's cool. Mm. Well, uh, let us know what you guys thought about the episode, some of your favorite parts, and your own theories on what the heck's going on in terms of this cliffhanger, uh, or other details you maybe missed on the episode today. And also, uh, be sure to give our friend Nate some love. He is, by the way, a freaking amazing artist. He actually has a couple of cool D&D-styled doodles on his YouTube channel, uh, which you can just search Nate Berna, which we, we should just put a link to that in the comments um, yeah. down below. Um, but it's also at Super Mistland as well on YouTube. Um, and he's an incredible artist, so definitely show him some love. So. 100%. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Nate Dog? No, that's that's really it. I've just been trying to build a little YouTube channel these past couple of months, so that's kind of the main the main patron. Oh yeah. yeah, so do us a favor, definitely check him out, throw him a subscription, um, and don't forget, you know, we're we're everywhere. You can find us as well: Twitter, um, TikTok, uh, Discord. So if you enjoy talking Worlds Beyond Number, you enjoy talking nerdy stuff, there will be a link down in uh, the description below. Would love to have you come join us. Um, other than that, just a quick thumbnail, gentlemen. Um, I don't, we could just do generalized excitement or if anybody has any other ideas. I'm down with excitement. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I hate those guys. <laughs> too. All right. Well, y'all, well, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I of course, man. Having me on. Anytime, brother. All right, we'll catch you later, guys. 
Bye, See y'all. You. See you guys.